0: Ultimately, Oops, sorry. <laughs> That's okay. Anyway, I think that God wants us with with wants us with um, wants our whole heart, and we're afraid of that because we're so used to feeling comforted by what we see around us. And I think part of learning to rely on Him and giving ourselves over to Him will ultimately heal us and bring us peace, but there's almost that sense of turbulent resistance of, wow, how do we how do we do that? Mm-hmm. What is
1: that? Oh, just building on that, um I, I, just this one little thing that um stood out to me when I was looking at the uh, on the strongs, uh, yeah. What do you call it strength strong concordance or whatever
2: mm-hmm.
1: um just looking up the word mammon and it says the treasure a person trusts in so i thought that was like so just going along with what lisa says like yeah where are like we we put our trust in it. it's not just that it's money but it's like or worldly goods but we we put our trust in it instead of trusting in God wholeheartedly. I like that.
2: Mm -hmm. I want to tell a little story about something that happened to me. So before my dad died the year before, they sold a piece of property and they gave us kids a big chunk of their money because my brother was kind of wanting to start a fight over it all. So they just decided to Give it away and be done with it, and so that was crazy for me because I was trying really hard to get out of debt, like because I knew I needed to do that. So I had sacrificed everything, like not going on any vacations or anything during it was it started during COVID when I started wanting to do this. So I did. I was I could see the end of the light before dad gave me the money. And um, I had a plan and I was chunking away at it. I was about a year away from it, but then he gave me all that money. I just paid off my house and then I paid my tithing and then I gave the rest of it away because I could tell, you know, it wasn't something that was gonna help me at all. So I gave it to my daughter and then helped her buy a house but now I'm poor again not really because I still have a job but I feel so much better and I think I need to learn I always read those scriptures and just I need to learn how to really rely on the Lord and I think I can do it I'm mm-hmm. practicing to do it but yeah was a good thing guys Mm
3: -hmm. it's kind of hard uh taking that that first jump off off the cliff (laughs) trying to take no thought of purse or script as we uh, yeah it's like
2: my my truck's 40 years old and my car's 17 years old so (laughs) (laughs) like i just have faith that it's all gonna be okay
4: (laughs) Mm -hmm. i love it thanks I like very much this one sentence here on page 37, or perhaps the rich didn't think of themselves as rich. That's what I, um, uh, what I saw in my life uh, very often as I uh, was working and people came into the pharmacy and some were really rich and some of them were very stubborn, not every one of them, but some. And we discussed in our team, so, uh, okay, now these crazy people are coming in our, <laughs> our business and uh, so what do we do? And then we found out they are the same everywhere. So if they go to the pharmacy, they go to the drugstore, they go to somewhere else, to the doctor, yes. And the behavior is always the same. And one lady told me, uh, especially the rich one, you will find in this, um, in your country, it's the Wall Market. Here it's Aldi, you know, where you can get food very cheap. They have enough money to go to special uh, uh, shops, yes, where I want to go to because I could uh, get uh, very good food there, yes, but they go to this cheap. and uh, so the behavior of some of them you can really see it's always the same and where they are the behavior is the same and they think they have enough money yes but i found out um, as more money as you have and you keep it you as more you are afraid to lose it Mm. so if you have i'm I don't have much money yes I'm a widow and I have to find my way alone here uh so I have to to count every single dollar yes so um but I'm not afraid to give something away because I know how it is a feeling is to have less yes but they have such a big amount and they are so afraid that this can be a little bit smaller so that's what i found out
3: Mm -hmm. yeah i love it and and what you said there that that everything comes down to the behaviors that the the riches aren't the uh necessarily the bad thing because it's what we behave and what we do with those riches Uh that, that really determine our uh standing with god whether we're righteous or or unrighteous so yeah very interesting
0: Yeah, I think a lot of it, too, is the heart, like we've been discussing the heart every week. It seems like every lesson is coming back to the, (laughs) circling back to the heart. And I remember there's a scripture in the Book of Mormon, and I don't remember where it is because I'm not good at doing that, but it talks about um, the rich and how important it is to be able to impart of your substance. To those that don't have, to the poor. But it also, there's a real interesting little indictment at, at the end of that little discussion where it says, um, and the poor need to say to themselves in their hearts that if I had, I would give. So that to me tells me that so much of how we relate to our material abundance. Needs to be coming from a pure heart.
3: Mm-hmm. I love that. that That phrase has popped in in my head a lot. Uh, where, like, I'll uh, consider my my paycheck or whatever, and it's like, oh, if I had, I would give. And then sometimes, like, the the Lord will be like, Cameron, yeah, you do have. Yeah. <laughs> like, like. <laughs> make it hurt a little bit, you know, like you can do this. It's like, oh, okay. okay give it all <laughs> <away>. <laughs> I'm not saying that I'm perfect at it, but it's <laughs> sometimes the, I, I I'll think of that scripture or whatever, because I'm like, Oh yeah, if I had, I would. I don't, I don't know. I I'm very Are blessed. You I, you
2: know. The promptings. <laughs> <laughs> I know you read the book of Mormon and we're like, we're these people and especially in America, we're, we're very rich, we're very blessed, and I just want to help everybody, I don't know, I I want to do, as it says in Jacob 2, 17, before people seek for riches, seek for the kingdom of God, you know, mm-hmm. um, and I'm not perfect at all, I'm terrible, but I'm trying. <laughs>
3: mm-hmm. Yeah, it's very interesting that, um, like on the top of page thirty nine or yeah. is that where I was yeah. that's where I am, uh-huh, that we can justify pursuing riches um but only within a narrow compass uh, for the intent to do good to clothe the naked, feed the hungry, liberate the captive, and administer relief to the sick and afflicted and I, I don't know, yeah, I think that that's one of the one benefits of of serving kind of like a, a foreign admission right you get to kind of see some different things sometimes um so i i seen like the rich of the rich in in mexico and i seen the poor of the poor and it's like yikes we in america just have it so good and yet we <laughs> get frustrated when the wi-fi goes out or <laughs> you know we have uh some of our like they they say you know first class problems but um right. uh being able to to understand and recognize that there are people all over and, and we don't even have to go very far i mean there's people in our backyard that can can be suffering as well but um
2: there are own people
3: yeah and um, sometimes
2: but, suffering can
0: be so invisible and hard to see it's not always just the material hunger um or it could be spiritual hunger or emotional hunger addiction
3: spiritual
0: thirst or emotional thirst yes there's so many ways of suffering that, that needs the light of Christ in this world.
3: Yeah, exactly. So, do you guys um, consider the mammon of unrighteousness purely uh, monetary, or is it does it branch out besides that? Um, is it, does it is it directly tied to money, or um, are there other ways that we can withhold? Um, from those that are in need kind of like uh lisa and, and tracy were saying there like the uh, sometimes it's not just a financial need uh but um, some <laughs> emotional and different things uh, do we starve others of our time and, and of our spiritual gifts and resources and things
2: yeah, we starve we- them of our ministering like for sure um and the, the way we know that is because they're trying to will they assign you people and trying to teach people how to do it and they still don't do it i don't know Mm -hmm. sad yeah
1: i think you're absolutely right like yeah again like whatever whatever treasure we trust in and so that could be time it could be energy Mm -hmm. you know like we feel like we You have to protect it or guard it or you know, and we're we're not again, we're lacking that trust in God. Anyways, that's a really good point that you made.
0: That is a good point. We could be be hoarding all sorts of things other than money. It need not simply be material riches. Um, you know, even um, learning how to Really, um, when we partake of the sacrament where we take his name upon us and promise to remember him, part of that sort of um, suggests a way Then we move forward through our week. How are we imparting his presence into the lives of others? How are we witnessing uh, for him? And uh, speaking when called upon through the promptings of the spirit to speak for him as well. So, and what are we? What stops us? You know, that's a good question. I think to ask myself, what stops me? What would stop me from being able to do what he's calling me to do? I love that we also oh, protecting myself with that. Yeah. Uh,
4: um, I love uh, what we do in the temple, we con- consecrate, is it mm-hmm. right, consecrate ourselves, our time and everything and I think this is a big protection mm-hmm. because here in this world we we have to learn. So last Sunday we discussed about our spirit and our body and that we learn to use our body and to feed it and to be good to ourselves and uh, sometimes the body is weak but our spirit is strong but we can't do anything because we don't know how to connect both so we can learn that our spirit can direct our body and i think these things we I, this is what was i think uh, our lord wants us to learn here on this earth and so the same is with money with time And that's why I love it in the temple, we consecrate ourselves to the Lord, so if I do this, I have a pass, and I have a, um, how is it, the the iron rod, it's it's like the iron rod, to hold on on this iron rod, I know I can go this way, and if I, uh, if it comes at there is the affliction something, and maybe I, I get a lot of money, uh, and I'm yeah, you see the lot the, the people um, what is it in your country? Lottery, we say. they they uh, do some crosses on a paper and then they get a million, yeah, you know, mm-hmm. And the most of these people, they tell they got crazy. in the first moment, they were so happy. But if they uh, use it only for themselves, they got crazy. But if some of them said, oh, I'm glad. Now I can do this, this, and this, but I also can help this, this, and this, then it was fine. And this is all what we have to learn here on this earth.
3: Yeah, I love it. So kind of catching up on on the chat here. So Claire uh, was saying uh, some of the different things about uh, how to define uh, mammon here. So worldliness and focus on the values of this world uh, agrees that uh, mammon divides us from God. It's kind of the anti-Zion, isn't it? And then um, uh, clarifying later that uh, not all directly tied to mundi. It's a mentality of selfishness, which... um, is yeah I, I really love that the, the mentality of the, the selfishness and uh like amy was saying the 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 treasures that we put our trust in uh, kind of thing um and then uh tracy says that i got off early from work yesterday for spring break just as i got in the car the missionaries needed me for a lesson i hesitated then said yes i can come i feel i was being tested as the missionaries then immediately messaged me and said just kidding um i can come but uh, can you text us your testimony <laughs> i laughed and sent it and, and god has tested me in my obedience i love that <laughs> you no know, i was going all the way
2: home it's like because uh, i was ready to like have all these things lined up that i was gonna go do
3: <laughs> mm-hmm. yep <laughs>
2: Four, and,
3: so. never convenient and, and that's yeah. the, the whole point of it like anytime mm-hmm. that you get a prompting or, or anything even if it's just kind of like a, a little thought in your head and you're like I don't know if that was a prompting if it's inconvenient you know it's from God <laughs> yeah do it like right now <laughs> yeah yeah and it's time sensitive <laughs> I was laughing it was kind of like ah you were trying to get me again <laughs> <laughs> No. Nope. yes sir I'll do it <laughs> <laughs> on the top of page 38 there um it talks about what the the rich should do uh The the rich pass over the deeds of the wicked and don't judge the needy's cause. They despise the poor and drag them before the judgment seats. They set their hearts on riches and the vain things of the world, scorning and persecuting those who don't believe according to their will and pleasure, uh, et cetera, et cetera. But um, I found that very interesting because I think that that was kind of the, the hardest thing for me growing up was seeing lots of different examples of how adults handled homeless people as we walk by them or um, pass by them in, in some way, shape, or form, how they handle that situation, right? Uh, there was one time that I was with a group of friends and one of their mothers, we were down in Utah, uh, which was rare. I, I rarely traveled to Utah uh, back in high school, but anyway, we were down there and it was my, my first time kind of walking the streets in I think it was bountiful but i can't remember but anyway there was this homeless guy on the street and um uh the the mother immediately whipped out a fifty dollar bill and gave it to the person and uh all of my friends were like whoa we could have used that money (laughs) to go do movies or whatever like that and and she said a very important lesson she's like it's never our place to judge where that person's at if they're uh if they're actually homeless or or whatever it, it all depends on our heart kind of a thing. And I never forgot that. I was like, okay, interesting. And then fast forward many years later when I'm on my mission and um we have taught lots of people seeking limosnas and uh asking for for money in the streets and stuff. And you know, missionaries if they have it they'll usually just give it up. Um but there was many times where I would find myself judging the scenario going, "Oh, they've been here every day for a year, like, with all this money, you, should, you could have done something with it, kind of a thing, and anyway, it, that, after a while, um, that woman's comments kept ringing in my ears, and saying, it's not your place to judge, uh, yeah, what they do with the money is up to them, but it's it's up to you, in your heart, to get it straight, and and not um, seek to be the, the judge and jury of, of that person, and I don't know, I've struggled with that all my life going back and forth, back and forth (laughs) where I'm like, I'm kind of judging that person. And then I'm like, no, stop it. Like, you've got this. You need to get your heart right. And um, my mom knows like, (laughs) I'm always handing out money and stuff, but like there are sometimes when I I totally forget. And there was, my whole reason for sharing this is this one experience where I, I was pulling out and I immediately judged and then regretted it like five seconds later, but I was already in, The lane and I couldn't just like whip around really quick so I went around the block and that person was gone and I was like oh no I missed my chance like it felt like that whole test was just to see if I would act in the moment and and I I failed at it and so it it really kind of uh, I think we have some of those moments sometimes where we have to like lose out on something and feel it deeply so that we remember to not do that again and to act quickly on those promptings when they they come up kind of a thing but, um, i don't know if that happens to anyone else but uh that was like when we were talking about the uh having to act quickly on on promptings because sometimes they're they're very fleeting um kind of little tests for us
1: that's such a good example cameron and um And it just reminds me of like, just a thought I've had often. And of, you know, when it comes to the homeless, you know, the epitome of the needy, right? I I mean, just homeless and whatnot. Um, Just, I I don't know, the, the, I've had a lot of sorrow in recognizing I've fallen victim to the mentality in the past of like that's somebody else's somebody else can worry about that type thing right or or like or I sorrow around seeing how our society has kind of set up this like well I don't know as as we have allowed the government to kind of take over our charity (sighs) we're what are we depriving ourselves of because we we do think well there's like you know, there may be a program or whatever that can help these people, but I just always wonder, I, you know, what it truly would look like if we were a Zion people, what, what would we do more, you know, like I've, I've handed out money and stuff, but I'm just like, what, I I, I haven't done anything about it, but just that thought of like, what, what does it, what would I do or should I do, you know? beyond and i feel kind of like our just the world we live in has kind of created this problem for us to not know how to solve problems <laughs> of how to take care of the the poor the needy and all that anyways just some thoughts i've had i don't know if that makes sense
3: yeah it's a difficult one to to navigate and stuff because uh of the different systems we've, we've put in place and uh, kind of were born into in, in ways like, yeah, right. <laughs> Sometimes we don't even know how to do it of our own free will and choice, um, because of, um, it's a very interesting world we live in, <laughs> but yeah, mm-hmm. let's build Zion together. Like, let's just <laughs> form a community and like, let's just work and, and give to the poor and, and shelter everyone that needs shelter. Wasn't it Kathy Barton who took in that woman? Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah
1: that was <laughs> that's right.
3: It was that was quite a quite an experience she had. Yeah. <laughs> then she I gave her money she, to to go somewhere and, and a week somewhere. later she was still in town. <laughs>
2: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think she's on the Oregon coast, the last Kathy knew. Yeah. She finally- so she
0: keeps in touch with her?
2: No, she's oh, okay. really homeless.
0: It's interesting how many homeless people gravitate to the coasts. I think because what I've observed having been living in California most of my life, there are so many homeless people um, on the coastal communities. I think it's because when you go into the interior, the extreme cold and the extreme heat would kill them. And so many of them, sadly sleep out of doors and being close close to the coast, you can stay alive longer, Mm
2: -hmm. more temperate. Mm -hmm. Yeah, We have a huge population here in Oregon and you can drive up and down the freeway, especially when you get into the cities. Last three years, they're camped on the side of the freeways, very near the cities just and I'm glad they just have to let them stay, you know. But like in my town, it seems like we have a higher population more than ever. And we have these little portable houses that we set up in the winter. And they, they can come in when the temperature goes below 28. And this winter has been super cold here. It's been below 28. You know, it used to be, we'd have maybe one or two days in a winter this winter it's been multiple months worth and so it's caused a huge uproar here in our town because there's a lot more crime and things like that but you know we're trying to help but it's really hard mm-hmm. there's so many mental health issues and health care issues and when you start working with the with the homeless population it's it's way beyond what we really can do. We have to. I don't know what the answer we, is. We need Jesus. <laughs> I know. We really
1: do. To to yeah. want for us to learn, really what that looks like, right? And just for that healing on all,
0: oh, all of our ailments and, oh, no. yeah. indeed, somehow His light can penetrate into any darkness.
3: Yeah. So it's interesting because uh, I had never considered this before, but it just popped in my head of like examples where um, family history work and uh, uh, in some of these different situations has been uh, an interesting uh, topic that's come up lately. Um, so in um, one example uh, at at Roots Tech, uh, one of my friends brought in a homeless guy uh, from the street and because the challenge was um go find somebody that you don't know and and help them have a discovery experience on the tree and so he, he went and, and brought a homeless guy in and and found um his his family on the tree and and all of this kind of stuff and this was um a year or two ago so like before the shutdown um the, the, this activity happened and um he had been estranged from his family because of uh, an argument and, and things like that. Um, his parents were both gone by this time, but he had a living brother. And um, anyway, so this guy was able to help connect him with his brother and, and work through their differences. I mean, he wasn't involved in all that step, but just kind of getting them back into the, the same thing because neither one knew how to contact each other anymore. And it was really interesting how uh this year he got uh he was gassing up and uh, this attendant this gas attendant or whatever um was this homeless guy and he he's gotten back on his feet and everything and it's all because somebody took the time to help him with his family history of all things um but also they're doing a project uh down in utah where they're taking foster kids and uh, helping them with giving them like the free ancestry DNA kits and everything and helping them connect with distant cousins who might be able to take them into their home rather than just leave them up to the foster care system and so you know uh, sometimes the first cousins are too close to the situation and they don't want to um, but second and third cousins oftentimes will be perfect fits for these families um, for these little kids and and things and we're like oh yeah we had no idea that there was even this kid, you know, because the, the this one case I'm referencing, this mom was a druggie and she just left and we had no idea that she even had children or anything, but we would gladly take in that foster kid and they have a much higher percentage rate of making uh, it a success and, and raising that, that child, even though it's a distant relative, but it's just interesting. Um, I feel that it's kind of fulfilling what we're talking about here. Like we're, we're pursuing riches and and things, um, uh, you know, like we're doing our, our jobs and just trying to get by and stuff, but there's, there's ways all around us to, to help the, help clothe the naked, feed the hungry, liberate the captive, administer relief to the sick and afflicted. Um, There's lots of different unconventional ways that we might not have even thought of before. Um, But I think that really focusing in on the desire and kind of manifesting it into our, our life can really uh, help the spirit speak to us and give us these new ideas. Um, I'm very confident, that, you know, like these are our pure revelations of how family history, which seems like so far removed from this mammon situation, can actually help come in and, and solve unique problems and um, mm-hmm. issues that, that arise.
0: I like that, Cameron. That's thinking outside of the box. Yep. And I like how you brought that into how we can have opportunities uh, where, whatever occupation or location that we find ourselves in, if we keep ourselves open to the promptings of the Spirit, there can be many opportunities to be able to be of service to others. Mm-hmm a very helpful thought
1: Yeah, it is it is such a helpful thought and yeah i like how you talked about you know making it you know your desire and and how god can work with that and that's that's
0: awesome thank you for sharing that
3: yeah I'm I have
0: to a, a, a story of one of my <laughs> friends she um she doesn't need to work because her husband has a good income, but she often finds herself being directed to work in certain locations. And at one time, she got the prompting to work at McDonald's and she thought, why, (laughs) you know, so she, she did. And she, she found a group of coworkers that really wanted to learn about Jesus and what she knew. And so on their breaks, they would sit down at the tables, and she would be giving them lessons. So she found out, oh, maybe that's why I was prompted to work here. She had a nice opportunity to serve mm-hmm. her, fellow, her fellow creatures. Mm-hmm.
3: So, I love that. Because I think that that's a, a huge thing with the mammon the of unrighteousness. Sometimes we think we're we're a little too good for for some of the the jobs right or uh, kind of things like you know she didn't have to work and yet she uh started working at mcdonald's which i mean has a reputation of being kind of like oh you're pretty low if you happen to work there but but it's not about that it's about connections and people it was, and helping well
0: as it turned out to be a beautiful not not a permanent position but a very beautiful moment in time and um I thought it was a very interesting example of how we can find opportunities wherever we are.
3: Yeah, I can only imagine her job interviews as she goes, you spent six months at McDonald's and this. <laughs> her resume must be fine. <laughs> 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 but yeah, um, and then Tracy uh, put a, a story here about a friend of hers in Georgia took in a family uh, like that. She has two kids, took in a distant cousins five kids oh that's that's a lot (laughs) two of your own and then five new ones but um, and there's babies it was
2: intense
3: (laughs) holy cow but yeah uh she's in another faith and she takes her kids and her husband to church every week uh not easy but but thriving yeah
2: i had multiple health care problems dental work it was so intense they're a cool family They live in Georgia. I love their accents. <laughs>
3: <laughs> yeah. And uh, another thing with this, right? The, the liberate the captive, you know, I, I grew up totally in a bubble, I guess. multi-ho doesn't have a lot of captives, but <laughs> that we have such an international pandemic and uh, we're, we're dealing with that. Um, I, I love the, the O-U-R uh, uh, Association and and what they do to to help liberate the captives that we have such a, a population of of modern day slaves mm-hmm. uh, and, and we just kind of brush over it because it's an uncomfortable topic or whatever but like oh man like just last week there was a another one out of Logan that was kidnapped in broad daylight in a in a parking lot and <laughs> like how do we let this happen what kind of world have we come to but um helping you know like those situations liberating the captive may be more tricky than our skill sets might uh be attuned for but uh being able to to donate to those professionals who have mm-hmm. had that calling i mean if i could like train and like get signed up for that like that's where i that's my dream job <laughs> mm-hmm. but i don't know if i could be cool in those kind of situations <laughs> i think my, my emotions would run amok and uh, ruin the yeah. Give it away. <laughs> yep.
0: Yes. And when we lived in Saudi Arabia, I had never, um, I wasn't as aware of those things as I am now. I was, we were a younger, young man young, with young children. And, you know, the term wars and rumors are wars. Well, there were always rumors of the enslavement that happened there, where plain loads of unsuspecting um, men and women usually from Asian countries would come in their passports and whatever identification papers they had would be taken from them and they would be swallowed up into whatever form of who even knows slavery. And um, it's a very, when you're facing some of the realities of the wor- this world, it can be um, very, very disturbing. Um, also, just to take that, release the captives or free the captives. I also think, uh, almost metaphorically, that that term can be applied to those that are in other forms of bondage. Because there are many forms of bondage. Some people have mental illness. Some people have false traditions and programming. There's um, from the very horrific, like I first mentioned, to not benign, but certainly destructive and harmful. There's many ways that we can, try to free and release the captives of this world.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it, it's very interesting um, how we've kind of expanded our, our view here to not just monetary, but uh, uh, our gifts, talents, time, all of that, and uh, being able to to freely give that, that, that just adds a whole new aspect to, to these topics that we've kind of
0: I think it's really doing Christ's work. Yeah. Just well, and like... To reach... And
1: like, uh, sorry,
0: I <laughs> keep interrupting. Uh, just
1: like what, you know, you brought up that scripture, Lisa, about, you know, if I, you know, when, when the poor are saying, or Christ inviting the poor to say, well, if I had, then I would give. And I, I think that can apply to these kind of situations too. Like Cameron said, I would love to go and help in that cause. And, you know, obviously maybe you could, but yet I think we, there's only, we are limited in our abilities and our, and things. Um, uh, but I think kind of, again, just inviting our hearts to, to have that attitude of, if I could, you know, then I would, then I would love to help those people. And, um, and 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 just opening up the value too of our concern and our prayers on behalf and recognizing so much suffering around us, you know, um, whether it's the captives and whatnot, that that we don't just ignore them. You know, we we hear some horrific thing and we're like, oh, that's too bad, and then just move on with our lives. But where our hearts are genuinely like aching for them, thinking of them, and praying for them on their behalf. Anyway. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love
2: that.
3: Yeah, Leslie.
5: Um I have a sister-in-law that for years she was a rave mama. I don't know if anybody knows what that is. Um she lives in California and they would have raves giant raves that would be like on motor speedways where there would be like up to 50,000 people going to these things. And I know, right. (laughs) And, um, so what rave mamas are, so my, my sister-in-law is almost six feet tall and she's substantial. She's not, she's just a, a big boned girl. And, um, so, they so what they do is uh, perpetrators would line the the they'd be on the perimeter of the raves with cars ready to go, and they would um, entice these young girls who were high and you know not really in control of themselves anymore, and if those girls got in those cars because they would promise them all sorts of things. So they would go into the, into the, the more, the not the center, but you know, where they would leave the edges and go in and find these girls and entice them to come out. And what my sister-in-law would do is they'd have blankets because quite often these girls were not, Didn't have much clothing or any clothing on at this point. And um, she would get, she was very brave. She would get these girls away from these men and cover them and bring them back into the fold and take them to um, their area where it was safe. And she helped save more girls. You don't know what the future is for them, but. I thought I so grateful for her and and touched that she would consider going into that sort of environment in the first place to rescue those that are choosing paths that we wouldn't. And and yet her love for people is just tremendous. And uh, I think of that often, you know, what are, what are we willing to do to, to rescue? And it doesn't have to be, I mean, we don't have where I live. There's not a single homeless person. There's just not the same opportunities to help and bless, but I've been praying that the Lord will show me what, what I can do in my circumstances. So there's a lot of ways.
3: Yeah. Such an, uh, interesting story that i've never even considered i mean it, it's kind of like an anti-beehive uh, type of scenario right where the okay. predators are there and everything and it's like oh guys. like i i can't even imagine getting that prompting or that idea to like you need to go to a rave I'm like what right. <laughs> <laughs> you know like that's the last place on earth i'm gonna be and then yet finding a a, mm-hmm. a niche or 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 finding your purpose and, and what can you mm-hmm. do because i mean obviously the people that are attending raves are, are going there not for great purposes to begin with right? right but but yet still sacrificing your time your efforts your safety mm-hmm. to like, save girls from from utter destruction like holy cow that, that gives a, a a little nuance to like when i hear the um the idea that uh, with the ceiling the power, we will have the power to go down into the depths of hell to save our children. And it's like, that's what, what she's doing.
5: <laughs> it exactly. And she, so often these girls would turn around and become Christians. Mm. Um, she's not a member of the church. So she finds different ways than maybe we would. And boy, has she. Um, mm. So not only is she saving, they're saving them from that night, but from a life that they had been living and it's uh just the lord has to be so pleased with with that her heart
3: Holy oh cow! yeah let's go to a rave any raves this weekend let's let's do it <laughs> just
5: Fifty thousand? can you imagine
3: oh that's way too so many dangerous. dangerous
5: and they would go um you know they would they it wasn't just her you know there was a team but they would go distances to do this it wasn't you know oh there's a grave next door because mm-hmm. you know, I don't know how many speedway motorways whatever it is a speedway there are around but there's one that was within an hour's drive where she lives but just it's mm-hmm. just me mm-hmm.
2: yeah
0: a little image came to my mind Leslie and that's those people that chase hurricanes <laughs> oh. <laughs> now that seemed like a similar
5: analogy to my nervous system she's very brave in the lord I I, I admire her greatly because you know, she's one of those that would take truckloads right that sounds wrong <laughs> not good but, but to Mexico you know and go you for many years they would go annually down to different places I think Guatemala was one of them and spend a month down there and um service missions and all they ate for all three meals was beans and rice and they would get terrible dysentery because it was just they're drinking the water and all this so there's lots There was they have found so many beautiful ways to sacrifice and and love and I'm grateful
0: yeah it makes me think of those who sacrificed um their lives during world war ii to try to free people who were being um, imprisoned. Um, I just recently saw a little video of a man who had rescued, I think, 64 children who would have gone to concentration camps. Their parents were gone. Uh, They never were able to find any of the parents, but he was able to rescue these children And he did it so quietly that even his wife, later, years later, he never even told her what he'd done until she had found some pictures that he had kept of these little children that he had rescued. She found them in the attic and they organized um, an event to thank him. And So the person that was in charge said, Anybody in this room that was rescued by this man stand up and every person in the room stood up and he had never told anybody. He said, I hadn't tried to keep it a secret. I just didn't tell anyone and he didn't want recognition. So he, even in that event, you could see how humble he was. He did wipe his tears from his eyes once, but he was very humble about what he did. Um, it was really quite a tribute to his character as a as a person that he had not even said, "Guess what I did,"
5: you know. Yeah. <laughs> He's
0: just completely humble. Another thing that's just a little different approach um, to the horror that is possible in a celestial world. Um, I read this in a book, and it's just a short thing. It said. It's it's about developing a witness state, and a witness state, I've experienced it, can be very powerfully healing. I remember a woman who I knew was almost like another mother for me in the way that she would just sort of witness some of the things that I had experienced that had been hard. And I didn't need, you know, like, oh, you poor little thing. You know, I just needed her just to be a neutral witness. And it had a powerful impact on me. It says, when you tune in, try to stay neutral. In many situations, your role is simply to bear witness a sacred duty that the ancient prophets understood. You might wonder, why am I sensing death? illness, or pain, painful circumstances at all, what good is it if I can't prevent it? Keep in mind that the act of seeing in itself bears light. Sometimes it's not your job to intervene, nor is it possible. In those situations, you can always hold the light for people. This is a holy act that supports others in miraculous ways.
3: Yeah, I love that. Because like sometimes we're we're not able or 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 uh, in in the situation or anything like that, but but holding the light, I love that.
0: That's amazingly so. What book is that from? It's called The Empath's Survival Guide by Judith Orloff. Life Strategies for Sensitive People.
5: I needed that, thank you.
0: Sorry, the empaths. Survival, Survival guide. guide. Survival Judith, okay. Judith Orla. Oh, thank you. Go.
3: So yeah, I learned a ton of new things. Like I thought I learned a lot just reading this chapter because I didn't know what mammon of unrighteousness was, but I learned so many more new things with with the discussion and, and the different ways that um, that it can can manifest. So I was I was kind of pigeonholing it into financial um, principles, but yet just looking at Zion as a whole, looking at um, how it applies in a, in a much broader context. It's, it's all about, again, getting our, our heart right and, and making sure that we're um, following God in, in all things that way. I, I like what it said there that in brief, the love of money is the root of every kind of evil. And I was like, is it? I don't know. But but now I'm like, oh, I, I kind of understand that, that sentiment a little bit better and and how that applies to to the things that we were talking about today. But yeah, any final comments, questions? Yeah, I'd love to. These chapters are so small, but man, <laughs> i, I kind of open in my eyes. <laughs> So um, just a reminder, next week, we're going to have our skip week for general conference. Um, so we'll come back the week after that with chapter 11, the culture of Babylon. Yeah, we've got some fun, heart-eating chapters to <laughs> finish up on. <laughs> but yeah, um, if anyone uh, has time and, and wants to help on the transcription proofreading process, um, let me share the link to that again. Um, few of us uh working on it it takes a while doesn't it tracy
2: oh that last one Abraham has got to learn how to do a sentence when he speaks yep. Wait, what is he saying yeah I can't interpret you like I seriously need you to read that one I just did yeah like I don't know if that's what it means
3: um yeah sometimes you have to even like take intent even though he might be uh actually enunciating at one point or whatever but it's like oh, but it doesn't enunciated. make sense on this
2: <laughs> doesn't make sense and i was like it was just one little paragraph i spent like almost two hours on it and i'm like <laughs>
5: wow so how are you guys giving that up like do you <sighs>
3: Are you We're not really it? divvying it or anything. It's just um, uh, all of us are working on the same document. And so um, let me screen share it really quick. If you can see
2: it not highlighted. You know it hasn't been done. And then uh, if someone's in there, you'll see a little like red line. And if you go up and click on the red line, you can see who it is. It'll say. That's oh, no. Cameron's working on so, this.
3: Yeah. Um, so by default, I've highlighted everything. So if it's highlighted, it has not been done. And so as soon as you're done um, proofreading one of the paragraphs, then you'll just come up here and uh, uh, uncheck the, the highlighting so that we know that that one's been done, we don't need to come back to it. Um, so yeah, we're all just working on one document until it's done and then moving on to the next. Um, but that link that I just shared, is uh, kind of the the home page here so as soon as we're done with one this is where we'll come and, and look at the next one and, and stuff like that and some brief instructions here on kind of how to do it.
5: Is the audio link with that as well?
3: Yes in that that main document there it'll have the, the audio link as well.
5: Thank you. I'll, I'll take a stab at that.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah we might not Don't get done with <laughs> without some, <laughs> some good help and stuff but uh, 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 the more people we can get involved in it, the, the yeah. easier the, the workload is and stuff. But um, I doubt we'll be able to like after two or three, um, uh, we'll probably just be up to um, listening to the the podcast before we discuss them rather than having the transcripts. But if we can get some some good people helping on it, then uh, we can have those a lot easier to, to consume and, and talk about <laughs> when we get to that point.
5: Is that starting May? Is that when?
3: Uh huh. Yeah. So just after we finish these three chapters of modern idolatry, uh, we're going to jump to those instead of the "Becoming Kings and Queens" book that we were going to do. Uh, we're okay. going to put that one later on. Okay. Thank you. yeah All right. Any other comments, questions, or anything? If not, we will see everyone in a couple weeks. Happy Conference Passover for those in the Hebrew group. We're going to ha- be having that Passover here pretty soon. Um, Anyway have a great week everyone thank you,
2: you too